Good morning, good morning to good morning, a very, very special and warm welcome to those of you who are with us for the first time, and especially our honored guests with their families, Baling Mona, we want to thank you all for being here with us today. I have prayed the whole week that I'll contain my emotions. I hope I'll succeed in doing so. But we want to thank you all for being here. We want to welcome all our churches that are joining us through live streaming, all uh, 30-something, 40-something of you who are joining us out there, people on social media who are joining us on our website, on YouTube, and uh, those who join us on all other platforms, we just want to welcome you. I want to welcome every one of you here today as we start our journey of telling the story of the goodness of God in our lifetime and in our church as Grace Bible Church because this year we are celebrating by God's grace 40 years as a church. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And what we have agreed to do in our meetings as leadership is that we will cut up our journey of 40 years into decades and that as of next week Sunday we will tell the first 10 years of the church and then the first Sunday as well in August we'll tell the next 10 years and the same thing in September and the same thing in October with the grand finale of the word explosion in October. Our prayer is that in doing so, we will keep Jesus at the center and that we will be able to be true to the story. And our prayer is that for those who may really not be sure about the happenings of your life, you can really be inspired by it because ours is not a story of people who started with all the wars to have. They didn't have all the gifts and the talent, nor the wisdom or anything, but the grace of God has carried us. And so in our discussion, we also felt that preceding the establishment of Grace Bible Church, there are the years of preparation wherein God prepared us to lead the church are saying to our guests that the only thing about today that doesn't sit well with me is that a lot of the story is going to revolve around me as a person only because God has used me as a leader, not the only one, but as a lead person. I'm a bit uncomfortable about focusing too much on myself. However, we just need to tell the story, and of course there's many other people involved in it. I also felt it would be proper for you, for us to have people that many of you had heard us talk about over the years. People who have played a big role in influencing my life. When they did what they did, I didn't think they had it in mind. How God would take what they've done to shape the life of a leader. And the reason I'm doing that is that I'd like for many of you to know, maybe you may never stand on a stage like some of us do, 
The world might never know who you are. But the role that you play, don't ever look down upon it. Because God uses all of us. And I'm also saying that to us who are leaders not to be big-headed and to remember that we got to where we got because there's many people involved in our lives. God, much as he's the one who molds us, he doesn't come down from heaven to do so. He uses people. And so in our molding and in our journey, there are people here today that I'll be thanking in particular. They're here with their families. I'll ask the person in particular to stand, but I just wanted to know they're here with their families. So before we go on, we have a six-minute clip, which is a, a bit of an appetizer about the journey. And some of the people in the clip are here in person, so today you will see them by meet. <laughs> and so let's watch the clip and be blessed, and then thereafter I'll come back to come and tell the story. God bless as you watch. Bishop Musa, as I have known him, was a very open-minded person, person who will always ask questions was willing to learn, he was very keen to know more about his faith and about his work with Christ. But there were some questions. It is corner, which we were not satisfied, but they were not covered. We, my teachings have a corner as a utilization, and then teachings like the, the Holy Spirit, and we started being curious about it in the year yeah, Acts, the book of Acts, and the happenings in Caesarea, the power of the Holy Spirit, the tongue talkings, and the, all those questions. It is which it, why are they not happening? I met Mosasono, Reverend Mosasono, is coming to a high school. We're doing from four. I was new in Sweden from Pretoria. And uh, uh, somehow we began to dialogue with Musa. And our talk was based on scripture, on the word of God. He asked me several questions. And that is when we bonded. And we became friends. And uh, it was not long because I'm from an atmosphere of prayer. During lunchtime, there was a longing for me to go and pray. And I said to Musa, I can't go on. I'm going to look for a place to pray. And a few weeks later, I don't remember, one of my friends said, we need to go to pray at Sister Fikile's home. And that is where Zweli, the one who invited us, said, Kenny, pray for Musa. I laid my hands on Musa. Musa fell on the floor praying in tongues. And you, my boy, and you, as we beg a tea, hey, I've got this. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, he told us the story how he spoke in tongues, how a puma mate, and so on. Those things, instead of laughing, but Tina always say, Mina. I should get this now. Now, 
Uma Gizo Tola Mina Uwe going a number eight. Good. So in Lela Iduna Lapaya is soon to any attachment from La Ayesonda Corner. Now we went in there. We didn't want to go into the church inside, but we used the place, the ground inside. And then you know, it was a yard, they were secured, well fenced. Sabamba Nangezanza, Sauganaga Nangezanza, Sipegen and Naye. And then uh, we started praying. And then uh, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I knew in my, in my heart which this is a day for me. It was like a lightning that hit us. Like a, something, a bright light. But our eyes were closed, but I could see that light. It was too much. Yes, sponsor apart from each, each other. We were about three meters away from each other. We looked at each other, then we started laughing. Embracing each other, sing what to say, we were laughing. And he looked at me and said, You've got it. Not me. Yes, we've got it. We've got it. We've arrived. Our friend, the late Jerry, was left now and also left out. This one afternoon, he came from work and I think it was a Friday, and uh, he joined us in the very same uh, place of worship in this church, the Church of England. Was taller, see busy, see interesting. He came to children. He sneaked in. He's wet as a as a tumbler as an air corner And then when we stop, somebody will to say a corner. Something stopped us. Sastopa, and then he, he was attended to. And then uh, we laid hands, and Umusasono, uh, your bishop, laid hands, Diana, and then uh, Jerry Christ, fear in the Holy Spirit. We are here at the AFM church in Zone 6, uh, where uh, Bishop Musasono came in the early 80s, I think 1980 or so, came here and was baptized um, by my dad, the late uh, Pastor Horsam Tembu. And then when he came in, um, he became part of the ministry and began to serve. So B Bishop Musasono was my Sunday school teacher here, uh, actually, because there were many classes, so as the tiny ones, I was about 11 or so, and he used to teach us under a tree. And uh, a lot of amazing things happened under, under, under the, the, the tree. He was really teaching us the real things. It was not just about, you know, normally in Sunday school for tiny kids, you only teach them about the story of creation, which is good as a foundational um, precept. But Bishop Musa taught us even about the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and at that tiny age, um, I, I, was, I was one of those who were, that he laid hands on and were baptized in the Holy Spirit. 11, 12 year olds, I started speaking in tongues uh, together with a few of my friends through his ministry.
Well, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. God deserves this. Amen. Psalms 103, verse 1 to 5, verse 1 and 2, rather. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then Mark chapter 5, reading from verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man that he had prayed for, who had been demon-possessed, begged him that he should go with him. But Jesus did not let him. But he said to him, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. And so today, we want to tell how much the Lord has done for us. Amen. In these years of preparation, as I said that every one of us has a story to tell. And I want to make a disclaimer as I tell our story that I might not tell the entire story. We may leave out certain details. And as I said, the little bit of a discomfort that probably revolves around me too much, I wish it was different. But nevertheless, we will tell the story. This was the most difficult message to prepare. The whole week I've been very emotional. <clears throat> and I haven't really known how to write it. I've tried several attempts to write it, so... In the end, I had to write it. First of all, I want to thank God for the good family upbringing that my sisters and I have had. I was tiny, I was Claudine, Chris, and Zakani. Our late parents who raised us in the fear of God we're fortunate enough to be raised by a father who was a true father, a real man who loved his wife, loved his children, and a godly man. I'll forever be grateful to God for that foundation. At home, we were raised in a home where there would be a family altar. We prayed in the evening. We talked to God and prayed. We were encouraged in good things. I never remember hearing my father swearing, drinking, or smoking. I never saw my father beat my mother up. That never happened at our home. It gave us and shaped to us a picture of what a family should be. And for me as a man, it gave me a picture of what true manhood is. That a man is not one who goes around sowing children everywhere, beating up his wife and abusing his girls. Gave me a picture of what a true man is. Mom and dad raised us very well, and as this story unfolds over the coming months, you'll get to meet some of our family members. You'll get to hear more of that story, which a good part of it started even unfolding after I became a pastor. But today I thought I just want to mention that, that that background, and for you who have families, 
And for you who are going to get married, because this second row is very powerful. It has an anointing for marriage. If you don't want to get married, don't sit in that row. I pity you, Mama Kudumara. If you sit there in that row, something is going to happen to you. And so, the best gift any parents can give a child is a good home. And I want to appeal to you, as little Nyala, do your best to have a good home. A good home doesn't happen on its own. It happens because the couple applies itself. And even if it's a good home, every home in Alentoyatona. But I really want to honor God and thank God for my parents in a good home. And that home became the center of this ministry where it started. Go garage. Where we would pray, you'll hear more about that story. Our family attended the Dutch Reformed Church, which is now called the United Reformed Church in Morocco North. That's the church where Spiwe and I prayed together and you got filled with the Holy Spirit. My late mother, our late mother, told us that we started attending that church after my sister and I, Chris, had been sent over and I can't remember how to say it in proper English. And for those of you who are saying, my sister, Chris, I am, please. This is the lady who is saying, this one, yeah. And uh, my sister was six years old at the time, and she was whatever age at the time. I don't know if you want me to tell your age. I'll mind it, right? She was four years old, so I'm two years her senior. And Saliri Lero Rekacheli. Chris, maybe you know the name of the shop. That's what we call the shop, Dingindong. And so we'd been gone for a long time and didn't come back. And finally came back very late uh, that day. And on inquiry, Mama found out that we had been to Sunday school. What happened was, as we passed by that Dutch Reform Church, they invited us in for Sunday school. You know how children are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We just went in and, and went to Sunday school. And then my, 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 our late mother tells us that Chris and I attended the Sunday school for two years before the entire family joined. I mean, that's kind of, I, I don't have a recollection of it. I was fairly small. And then at the age of six then, uh, at the same age then, I started attending Mulayetza Primary School, which was the principal Wayona in early the late principal Lintle. Sub A Saka, grade one, and sub B Saka, grade two, or whatever you call it. I, no, it's not grade, king, whatever it is. Yona Eo. I was taught by Mistress Le Solang, incredible woman who was a mother at heart and an incredible teacher. And my standard one and standard two, I was taught, standard one and standard two, grade man, grade three and grade four. I was taught by Mistress Le Keba, a very strict lady, a very beautiful lady, by the way, and capable teacher whom we did honor as a church many years ago. And the principal of the school, Principal Lintle, Mistress Le Solang, Mistress Le Keba, this school led by women, for me as a young, at a young age, showed me the capability of women, shaped my mind about 
the potential that women have that they can do what any man can do. And therefore, it's never been a question in my mind growing up as a man if women can do what I can do. The only difference is there are female and I'm male. However, in terms of potential, I had a good foundation of education. Molaita, even to date, it's still very good. Also, it's in that school where I developed a love for reading. And also where my views and my influence on leadership was formed when I realized how good leadership can achieve so much because the school was well-led. And so after passing grade four at primary school, then my parents enrolled me at Isaacson Higher Primary School to continue with schooling. So I started there in uh, grade five or standard three there. And this is where I got to know Principal Noche, who's passed on, who was a principal of the school. And remember that name because it's going to come back in the history. And at that school, because it was so popular, this school, it was oversubscribed when it came to their grade five learners. And so, because they didn't have enough classrooms, they had to go and rent the Church of England, Eliboning Braspiwe Alinkoyona. This Church of England, Komuroka North, it was pastored by the late Reverend Zuma. My encounter with Reverend Zuma was when, as children, we would queue up to go and drink water from the tap, and he would manage all of us, rowdy children. Little did I know that this church later on in my history would be such an integral part of the history, and you'll hear about it. I'm just telling you your story. A lot of what you go through, you may not understand. Some of it just happens. And this thing about history, when it happens, is you are the one who's not aware of the significance of the moment. Because the greatness of life is not in the spectacular, but it's in the mundane, everyday happenings of life, as God takes you through every day. And so back to the Dutch Reformed Church, attending this church, which had an incredible impact on my life as a child. The preaching of the, rate of the late Murutin Tuane, after whom the school's Kanon Tuane was named, by the way. And the impact of evangelist Namanyane, who confirmed my call into ministry when I got called into the ministry. It was at Dutch Reformed Church where I got exposed to what a pastor is, and what a father figure can be in the church. Murutin Tuani would famously lean over the pulpit and with his big booming voice would preach. And sitting there as a child, my heart would get torn and impacted. It's only that they never made an altar call. I think I would have received Christ much earlier. But then I started attending Sunday school there. And, or maybe back to Murutin Amanyane. Murutin Tuan and Murutin Amanyane would preach as a tech team. Him being a Bible teacher and evangelist Namanyana being an evangelist. They would take one text, And that's why I got so impacted to see how different gifts can operate. 
in a church and compliment one another instead of competing with each other. Then I attended Sunday school where the late Intertensele started teaching us in Sunday school and he would try to get us to be born again as children, but unfortunately he didn't have a way of explaining this to children. Instead he would go through the line Moruna Esbana and tell us you must say you are a sinner. When it came to me, none of us get it. No, I get a girlfriend. I get to be. I get in the not a sinner. That's a real problem. He was very, very faithful in doing so. And at the age of nine, I remember my dad took me to a performance at AO2 Cinema in Mufulo, because as a school, which is Musi High now, uh, or Pinville High, is the same. Eh? Pinville High and Musi High is the same, right? Is it the same, ne? Yes. Yeah, it used to be called Pinvilai and Musia. Is it, they're not the same. Yes. They're the same, yeah. He was teaching at Musi High stroke Pinvilai. Pinville. And they had taken the children for an excursion to go and see Percy Sledge there. So I went to the Percy Sledge show when I was nine years old. Now you wonder what Percy Sledge is doing with a nine-year-old. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Whilst we were waiting for the main performance, there's a group of Abazalwana, a term I'd never known, never heard before, who came up on stage and they were singing choruses. And then they gave testimony. I didn't even know what that was. And in this testimony, they were talking about Puluso, and I didn't know what Puluso was. Though I was nine years old and I was faithfully attending church, somehow what they said, though I didn't fully understand, my heart was gripped. Because when they spoke about God, they spoke about God in a personal, practical way. To me, it appeared as though they kind of knew God a little closer. And it's like the issues about God were practical things in their lives. And since that age of nine, I started searching for God. Wasn't aware of it. But as a nine-year-old, and I'm saying this, parents, to you. To say to you, never underestimate the impact on your child when you expose them to whatever it is. People expose their children to all kinds of things. Children might not be able to express themselves. They might not be able to explain to you. But the spirit of children picks up on a lot of things. And that exposure truly shaped my life. And so at the age of 11, at our Sunday school, the teachers were no longer coming to teach us consistently. Ndatensele, who used to be very loyal was not well at the time and for some reason i felt very concerned that we were not being taught as the numbers at sunday school were dropping because our sunday school used to start before the main service at nine o'clock and the main service would be at 11 o'clock so this sunday school was from nine until 10 30. and i remember one day after the numbers had dwindled to about three or five if i remember well i decided in j out of concern in Jay, to stand up and teach the children when I was a children myself. I know that's not good English. I didn't understand what was happening. And I want to say to you as parents, God writes in the hearts of your children. God begins to form them and shape them. And please don't stop them when they show initiative of leadership. I'm glad that my family didn't stop me. And I started teaching children. On hearing that I'm teaching the Sunday school, Murutin Tuani gave me a platform to talk in the main service. 
to ask the parents to send their same children. This was the first time I addressed the congregation as an 11-year-old. I don't remember what I said because my knees were having fellowship with one another. <laughs> the room was spinning. I was choking. But whatever it is that I said in that clumsy way, God honored it. And from that time, the parents sent children to Sunday school to a point that the Sunday school started growing in leaps and bounds. But then, because my heart was searching, when I got into my teens at the age of 15, 16, I became very depressed. I was very, very depressed. And then you all remember the time about 1976 and all that. And as a teenager, then I wanted other excursions. And then I went in at... Uh, 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 to go and do ballroom dancing <laughs> at Realeka in Rockville. And believe it or not, when I learned how to dance, it was Gege who taught me how to dance, my bishop. <laughs> Amazing. She was the one who was my first teacher, teaching me how to dance. I didn't know that we would dance through life now. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you your story, the things that you are going through. Things that you're going through are not a coincidence. Your life is in the hands of God. Tell your neighbor, your life is in the hands of God. <laughs> tell your other neighbor, your life is the, in the hands of God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's in the hands of God. It's in the hands of God. And of course, not only did I did ballroom dancing, I went to Juloeta Karate as well. That's why I want to smile as well. And then my sister asked Claudine, who's here, and I'm going to ask her to stand, please, as we get people to stand. Ask Claudine, would you stand, please? Okay, Ausloudin. Yes, she is. Remain standing, Ausloudin. Please give my sister a big hand. Thank you so much. Ausloudin got born again in 1977. She was a student nurse at Natal Spray Hospital. And she got born again called the student Christian movement called Natal Spray. And after she got born again, she got me on her prayer agenda praying for me to be born again. I remember one day when she came back from the Natal Spread, she was dropped at our home, Kida now Archbishop Glaston Botswana. So I'm not born again, and I'm seeing this handsome guy dropping my sister. And Kimuruti, this guy. It, it, I mean, I'm being honest, Barcelona. It was, back then, it was not, a usual thing to meet a handsome Muruti. No, 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 no. How no Muruti then? Anyhow, you know what I'm trying to say. But I was struck by this young, handsome Muruti who knew his stuff. You know? That's how I got to meet Bishop Botswana. I didn't say much. But then in 1978, Youth Alive organized a rally. It was my first time at Utwaka Rally. And this rally was held at the YWCA. But before this, in the 
that same year in the early part of the year at school because God knows just how to work. There were preachers who would visit Askoskolo. One of them being the late Muruti Mabena who passed on this past week. And then Reverend Pedro Raburoko who is here in attendance. Can you stand, sir, please? <laughs> give, give, give Reverend Pedro a big hand. Thank you for preaching. Thank you. Thank you. I used to, I used to listen to you. Kisapuluswa. You know, you faithfully coming. No guarantee. They were not paid. Nothing. They were doing this as volunteers. Faithfully. Was it Thursday? Thursday, ne? Murutima bena onatlaka kar labo labo raro. And amupula tata kapul. Amupula tata kapul. Yeah. And tata kapula onatla enaka ka Tuesday. Onashapadi bombastic. Can you give a big hand, please, Kantate? Thank you, sir. Thank you. But at the same school, there were also students or learners, you say, who were born again, who also would preach at the assembly. And two of them are here today. One of them, K. Brasi Poshabalal. Here he is, my dear brother here. Give the Lord a big hand for him. Give the Lord a big hand, Bazalana for Brasi Poshavalal. Now, he, he, I always tease, thank you. He used to preach so much and he used, you used to love to talk about restitution and redemption and propitiation. And I didn't understand what this man is talking about. But it was real, he loved God. And the other one, Okay, my dear brother Donald Dama. Brother Donald Dama, can you stand, please? Can you stand? Thank you so much. Well, I give, Let's give the Lord a big hand, Brother Donald Dama. Thank you. Thank you. These gentlemen, they preached Koskolong without any guarantee. And what they were doing, I don't think they ever thought what they were doing would produce a muruti. So I want you to know, whatever you are doing, no matter how small, you don't know where it is going to land. Oh, come on, give the Lord a hand for that. And uh, it's, it strikes me that Ntate Donald Dama is actually a member of our church, Komidrend. And how does a colleague who preached to you become a member of the church? Only God knows. And he always serves. Those of you at Orlando Stadium, you'll always find him in the parking lot meaning into as a security. He's always served and has had a heart of serving. So wherever you are serving, may God use you. Oh, come on, give the Lord a hand. May God use you. Tell your neighbor, may God use you. May God use you. And so the seed was planted. So in 1978, when my sister Ausplodin took me to this rally, Already Mudimu was working on me. And through her prayers, God was working on me. And this rally was organized by Youth Alive, which at the time was led by uh, Reverend Caesar Mulibati, whom we will have him here in the process of this story. At this rally, it was different because, I mean, I attended a, a, a church. You know, a church has its own liturgy. Latseva le kalakasefila, letsa tumelo ya ba apostola, 
and then Larera. You know, there's a, there's a, and there's nothing wrong with that. Maraena, it's a church service. Maraena, Lady Qatar. They had a music group which is called Sounds Alive. They sang gospel, Mara. It was gospel that was hip and hop. It was the modern gospel fashion of Amapian. And without the dancing, of course. But it was music that was influenced a lot by people like Andrew Crouch and the like. And so I'm going to this church service and I can't believe we're in church. Their music makes you want to dance. And then comes the time for the preaching. And they didn't have a pulpit like this one. They sat down on chairs. They're going to interview somebody. What kind of church is this one? And then Dada Diamond Atong, whom we will have here one of the days, starts in interviewing the late Ronald Pillay. Ronald Pillay, who grew up in a very difficult background in bank gangsterism, his whole life, a good part of it, he was in prison or in hospital under police guard. Never get to learn, got to learn any language in a pure way, so we were stumped. So one of the days when he was out from prison, looking for trouble on a Friday night, moving around Comidolency, he sees this Mulindelo. And so he goes to this Mulindelo to go and cause trouble. And in there is a Zionist preacher who's preaching. We are Shumaela Lomfundis. What says Zion? Maga Shumaela easy like Sabin Tizio Garen. And Ronald Pillay gets born again listening to a Zionist Mfundi. You never want to read a book by its cover. Never ever, never ever criticize any church or look down upon any church simply because they may not do church the way you do church. There are many Zionist people who believe in Christ and they preach the gospel of Christ. So this guy who's a gangster, rough guy, Otsabiwang, Get saved. So now Ronald Pillay is interviewing, is being interviewed by Diamond Adong. And in the interview, because he can't speak Sutu or Zulu clearly, Ushaya Kastamt. Mara, Ansabua Stamto, Gospel Kastamto, I'm listening. And Uncle Uncle was Tatale Stamto, Izwi. And I remember when Diamond Adon made an altar call, he said, if you want to receive Christ as seven, Lord, raise your hand. I raised my hand. That was on the 5th of August, 1978. And we were sent out to be counseled, and I was counseled by Mike Makisa Chabedi, who counseled me, and that day I got born again. I remember that evening clearly as I... Slept that night. I was so grateful that my sister had taken me to this gospel rally. And then I remembered God played a video of all the sermons that Ntatentuani had taught us at Sunday school. And now I understood what he was saying. It was like a video in front of me. Then I understood everything. Oh, 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 oh. So this is what the man was trying to say. And I was really born again. But then, for two weeks I was born again, knowing I had been saved, 
But there was no follow-up done. And then the late Tate Mandla Adonis, two weeks later, came to my home. Hutloyetsa follow-up. And today, we are so honored to have his son, Lebohang, and his daughter, Nziki, who are here. I'm going to ask both of them to stand just to thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, till the last week of your dad's passing, actually, I didn't know. Coincidentally, I phoned him that week. It was on the 5th of August. I don't remember what day it was. And I was thanking him for having come to follow me up. Little did I know that a short while from then, he would go home to be with the Lord. I'm, I, I, I will forever be grateful for being followed up because there are many people who get saved. Follow up is never done and they go back to their old ways. So I just want to say to the, all of you, big up, thank you to all of you and thanks to your dad. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And then he told me, Bramanda Urbona, as they used to say, Kuyuta Life, Bona Antoana. That's the first time give it to Antoana. Bona Antoana, there's a Bible study. It's all along at the Church of England, Komuroka North, on Wednesdays. And so I went over there on Wednesday at this midweek Bible study. And that's where I got to know now who is my brother-in-law, Dr. Jerimu Fukengwa Maketa. Jerry, can you stand, sir, please? Just to thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thank you. You see, Basalana, my love for studying the Bible and for being true to the text was shaped by this man because we did Bible studies they would come up with topics that were difficult topics and we'd have to study, dig the Bible and I remember when he was leading now the branch Komoroka which we, they made a branch out of it and he assigned us as young people to go and prepare messages we had a theme called Kana uh, 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 ing. Watch, W-A-E-K-O-S-A-N-T-A-N-A-O-P-U-L-A-L-A-V-O-D. <laughs> and I was assigned to deal with the letters W. So watch your words. So watch your actions, watch whatever. W was for words. And he gave me the concordance and the Bible dictionary. I still, I still have that Bible dictionary, by the way. I still have it. I still use it. Even now. It's signed. And he gave me the first opportunity I have to preach. I'd never preached before. And I got up and I spoke. And when I spoke, people started crying when I'm speaking. And I thought, how can you? And when we made an altar call, several of them got saved. Swir, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Interesting enough, this Church of England, Komoroka, is the same church 
wherein as a grade five child I used to go to and attend my grade five. Same building, same church, which by the way, we have bought now, that church. <laughs> At this Bible study, we then met other young people from other church denominations. We came there from different churches. I was from the United Reformed. Others were from Church of England. Others didn't belong to any church. And so one of them that we used to attend with there, and maybe several of them attended Lebona, are here today. My dear brother, we started attending there. He's the same man that was in the video. He's here, right here. <laughs> That's the same man in the video. He knows me from far. <laughs> Please remain standing, Braspiwe. Thank you. Thank you. And then also the late Jerry Lichella. And then also, somehow, one of the people that I cannot go to started joining us. And he's here. And he is leading our youth ministry. And I think the young people must make a noise there. Can you stand, please? You are here. All right. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand and a big praise. Ow! Thank you. Thank you. So it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of difficult to take it that we were all of us. Yeah, you see. He's leading the young people. Where are the young people? Can we hear some noise? Oh. These are our young people. Usually they have a service in the, in the youth hall there. We said today they must be here because I want you young people to know our story. That when you lead this church, you know where it comes from and the lessons we've learned. And that you will also know in your youth that God is molding your lives. And God brings people in your life to mold you. Learn to be responsive to it. Learn to be open to it and to allow God to mold your lives. And so we met other young people there. And my own sister, Chris, also attended Honako Youth Alive. And then I met also Prophet Kobisa Dwawa, whom you will meet some other time. Prophet Temba Khadebe. And this Bible study ended up becoming a Youth Alive branch. And then we would attend the Youth Alive called Dube, but as they like to say, Dubi. <laughs> and this is where then we met other Youth Alivers. I found out Mnatisi is from there, but then I met Zueli Jonas, who happened to be my classmate at Skanontuan. I didn't know. And so he kept telling me about the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And this would happen at camp. What Zueli didn't explain is that he used to go to two different camps. The Youth Alive camp and the camp Yakozwa. He didn't explain. You know, we men, we don't explain. We just talk. So at the end of 78, I wanted to go to camp because I wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mara, I was, the camp was good, except that at this camp, the focus was on other areas. And so we didn't get prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was very disappointed. 
I only found out later, no, your brother did not explain. So when 1979 came around, I was very desperate to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To a point that I'd go to that church, the Dutch Reformed Church, to go and pray there and ask God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Coincidentally, God was working in our hearts as students. In the heart of Sipo Shabalala, Donald Dama, Kenneth Makopo, Zueli Jonas, Figi Lentanzi. Because at our school, we wanted to see a revival. We hadn't discussed about it. But by God's doing and God's sovereign intervention, we started meeting together and talking about a revival. Kenneth and I started praying for revival. We did this for several months. But then later on, myself, Kenneth, Figile, and Zueli began to use Figile's home because she had offered it to pray during lunchtime. And it was then on the 4th of July, 1979, as Kenneth was saying, Apostle Kenneth was saying that they laid hands on me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was on that same day when I came from school, Spur and I used to have a habit to meet in the afternoon when he came from work. So Spur came to visit me at my home, and as we were talking, I told him about this experience I'd had. And at Leko number eight, and we will talk a lot about number eight in the future. number eight, so as we were walking from my home, number eight, which was number eight, Mor- Moralo Street, and Kimu Kapat for him to go home, Kobona, Banebanali, a Libitang pastor's home at the Church of England. As Kimu Kapa, we went past the church, Yaronayako United Reformed. So when we went past the church, Yako United Reformed, you may not remember, he stopped me, he said, How? If God has filled you with the Holy Spirit, why can't he do the same for me? <laughs> he took me off guard. And I said, okay. Remember, I am just fresh from this experience. I've not been taught. I've not been to Bible school. And as the next, I'm just a student. I'm 18 years old. I said, all right. Now that we're here at the church, let me go in because this is my church. I'll ask Mfundisi. Mfundisi would love to use the venue. You don't need to open the building. We'll pray outside. And that's where, as Spirit had said, we held our hands and that lightning struck us. What he didn't tell you is that he fell on his face. (laughs) So hard that when he got up, there were small stones embedded in his forehead. Mara because and spirit got filled with the Holy Spirit and, and I remember we spoke in tongues and we were shouting and screaming and afterwards we stopped and hugged and laughed as he said and I was wondering what are these two boys doing we were outside screaming at the top of our voice spirit it was if you want to know the date the 4th of July 1979 for that was the day you got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I started then praying the following day at the kitchen kohaye at four in the morning. That's why I developed the habit of praying in the morning. 
by myself would pray four in the morning. And then the following day, we went to Spewer's home because his dad was gracious enough to let us use the Church of England. And we were praying really to Nje. And our friend Jerry Lichella joined us. And so Jerry Lichella, when he heard his story, because he had told Jerry Lichella, I don't know. And so when Jerry came and he asked us to pray for him, we actually held hands, people. I don't know if you remember. The three of us and the same lightning struck us. And we fell, the three of us. Now, Jerry Bichella used to like, he used to love wearing white pants. You remember he had a white pants? And the cocker king, Ninelitsasa Kiwi, a red, you remember? Or Sambim, a red, Mofatsi, the floor, and Netsasaka Polish, a red. So Jerry, God filled with the Holy Spirit, fell down, and when he prayed, he used to jerk like he's having a fit. And so afraid for Mole. I mean, after the prayer, the pants were red all over. But that started the movement of prayer. Because we started praying, the three of us, and more young people joined us. Some you know, Murut Kabisa Twaba, of course, was there. Muruti Shimiko, too, was one of them. He joined us in the prayer. Joined us and many other people. Later on, Bishop Matola joined us as well. And it is in this prayer service, Bazadwan, where God produced pastors and ministers. And it was incredible what happened. And of course, because we were just leading ourselves as young people in this, we did make a lot of mistakes. That much I'll tell you. But God did work. And it is in that same year, few days later, when I received the call of God into ministry, and God spoke to me with an audible voice to go into ministry. And then my dad gave support to that and started speaking to the people in the apostolic faith mission to admit me because he went to go and speak to Murutin Namanyani in the United Reformed Church, telling him about the fact that I'd been called. And Murutin Namanyani, God used him. He said to my dad, what's working? If you send your child to our Bible school, Echo Stellenbosch, he'll come back a changed boy with bad habits. Because at the time, their Bible school was going through problems. But then he said, what's one When I look at your son, So why don't you take him to Skolo Sabatubamoya? I wasn't there when they had the discussion. My dad only told me years later. So my dad then decided to go to AFM. And I want to thank God for the AFM people because my dad approached Muruti Mukapu to ask him, And I was admitted at the Apostolic Faith Mission Bible School Kosa Shanguve in the year of 1980 now, to go to Bible school. This is after I had finished my matric. And I started attending Bible school there. And most of the people at the school were people from Apostolic Faith Mission. And it was difficult because I hadn't been raised in the traditions of the AFM. So I mean, 
correct me. But it was at AFM where I met my friend Thomas Liremi and my friend Kenneth Makopo went to the same school. And I met a man you'll meet one day, James Mukulela, who, who became a good friend, and Mule Mosutwadi, and many of the people that one met there. It was at that time then that I transitioned in terms of churches. I started attending at the Apostolic Faith Mission in Zone 6 Midlands, and wherein I got to meet the late Muruti Gorisa Mimtembi, who became my first pastor that I got to see because I'd been exposed to a pastor of a mainline church. That was the first time it was quite something, and I'd never seen it before. And then because of my experience of having taught Sunday school, God Dutch Reformed, when I came over at this church, I then volunteered to go and teach the Sunday school. And that's why, by the grace of God, I got to meet the son wa the late Murutim Tembi, uh, Gerald, who is here today. Kikupa, Muruti Gerald Mtembi, can you please stand on your feet, my friend? That's the man that, at the age of 11, by the grace of God, prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just want to say, I know you are here, your lovely wife. Thank you so much, and the family as well. I want you all to know. Can you all stand, please, as a family? That's the younger brother, and that's their wives there. You know, your dad, to me, became an incredible picture of teaching me what a pastor is. A spirit-filled pastor. He gave us opportunity. He led us. He was faithful to preaching. And when I wanted to be water baptized, when I discovered that I was sprinkled, but I need to be properly baptized, <laughs> he agreed to baptize us. And I remember Muruti Selby was the one who was interviewing us. I went, got baptized with my sister Austodin and my sister Chris. And Abu uh, Jerry was there, the Austaini was there, right? And we all went and got baptized there. Just want to thank you and thank God for your dad. And I'm so glad that we have the relationship. Your father fathered me, and uh, I have a chance to revenge. I'm fathering you. <laughs> God bless you. Give them a big hand. Bazanes Badlamafat. And then at the end of 1980, Ben Sege at Bible School. Because there were other problems that then our Bible school was dealing with. There were serious socio-political issues that were not properly resolved to a point that someone like Dr. Frank Chikani was banned from the AFM. Be me being a child from Soweto who is full of umzabalas. <laughs> it was very difficult to stick around there. Also because the way the discrimination was with the Bible school we were attending. They didn't give us great material. Things have changed now, but then they didn't give good material for black people. And the last straw for me in 1980 was when we visited a Bible college, yeah, white people in Kempton Park. When I saw the facility, and I saw the books they had, and I saw the, the faculty that was there, 
professors, people with doctorates, people who are whatever. Runabara Romel let's say to buy Lunguri, Kitty entry level, Karaneva. Akida. So I, I refused to go back to that Bible school on the reasons that they were not treating us fairly as black people. It was a political decision more than a spiritual decision. Viva comrades. <laughs> but somehow in that time, we got to hear about Rema. Rema Bible Training Center, which at least Yona was a Bible school where black and white would study side by side. And coincidentally, in that same year, we got to buy a book that was written by Charles Capps, entitled The Tongue, The Creative Force. This book, when we read it, Kenneth and I, when we were still at Bible school, so impacted us, changed our lives. And somehow when we got the, the brochure that talks about Rhema in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they mentioned that among the faculty members is Charles Capps. So we said, yo, we're going to America. <laughs> so we applied to go to Rema Tulsa. They accepted Kenneth and rejected me. <laughs> but before we could make plans to travel overseas, we got to hear that there was a Rema locally here in Johannesburg. And that's where we attended Rema 1981. And I started attending Rema. It was in that year as I attended Rema, that I started really being aware. And remember, at this time, I'm leading the prayer meeting in Rockville. And amazing things are happening. And then I don't even remember how, but I'll get the story right. In that year, I got to meet my brother, Ruben Mushatan, who, he heard me speak Kai Kai. And I get to be recording Kai Kai. wherever Kai Kai. Ruben started visiting with me and he would come to my home when he is from work and I would sit down with him and teach him the Bible. And Reuben has progressed to marry. He has an incredible family. He's an incredible man. And this was the first person that for me, when I look, I realized as much as he thinks I've helped him, he helped me in seeing the gift that God had placed in my life to teach. And Ruben Mushatani is here today. I'm going to ask Brother Ruben, please, to stand on his feet. Here he is, Basalana. Just give a big hand, Basalana, please. Yeah, here he is. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you. Can, can you all stand, please? And the children are here. Can the whole family? Oh, there they are. Then give them a big hand, Basalana. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ruben. They are with us, Kotina Sonke, Basalana, in our church. Isn't that just amazing, Bazalana? Thank you so much. And you know, your husband was so kind to me. He allowed me to practice on him. <laughs> and was always positive, and we've always stayed in contact. And I just want to thank you for having been that. And I just couldn't take it, Bazalana, because he is a few years elderly to me. And how he is a, someone elderly to me who worked a proper job, and this is a very educated man, great job, would allow me to teach him. Chide came on. And so God bless you. Give them a big hand. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm about to close, Basalana. The story is coming to an end. This is the, the preparation years, by the way. 
Not only did I disciple Ruben Mushatane, I discipled a lady by the name of Cynthia Mabizela, who is married now, has a different surname. You'll get to meet him one day. But then, in that same year, I got a job at Rayma because I was looking for a job. In the class, I used to sit next to a white couple. I'll get their surname again. They, they, are, they live in the UK. The husband has passed on. And I was... It's in that year where my mother now, because now I was attending evening class. I wasn't at boarding school like the year before when I was at Apostolic Faith Mission. With Rema, it was evening class. So being a young man who has been provided for, I didn't see any need to work. <laughs> so I would be at home the whole day praying and reading the Bible, and my mother didn't like that. <laughs> at the time, I thought, Meonamara. Why is she disturbing my spiritual development? <laughs> In hindsight, I thank my mother because, and you ladies may not believe this, it just never occurred to me. <laughs> no, don't judge me now. But I'm just telling you. It just never occurred. And my mother, Leana, she didn't tell me. One day I just had the gold bush. So I went shopping for a job, looking for a job, and couldn't get one. Finally confided in this couple that was sitting next to me, and then they connected me with some shop called Kamo. And when I went there, this young white boy, who was supposed to be the manager of this store, wanted me to bring my metric certificate just to be able to pack shelves and prize the things. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need a metric certificate to do this. I never went back to that job. But I don't know what happened. This is the part I need to fill in. Somehow, I think this couple, because they were close to Pastor Ray, I think somehow they spoke to our dean, Graham Cross, to say I was looking for a job, and he went to speak to Pastor Ray that I was looking for a job. And as I left to find out and verify that part. And so, so one day I'm sitting in class, my name is called. And I go over to see our Dean Graham Cross, and he says, are you looking for a job? I said, of course. They said, there's, there's, a, there's a space here in the mailing room, Morema, for somebody to work. When can you start? I said, tomorrow. What I didn't know was that you have to travel there. It would take me two and a half hours. Because taxis, the taxi routes were not established. The bus routes were not established. And to get to Rema, which was on Jansmas Avenue, go run back, not far from the Runback Magistrate Courts. They were using a place there, yeah, Tony Factors that they had rented. And so to get there, I had to use two modes of transport, trains and a bus. Nevertheless, I did that through 81, 82, getting on a train, yeah, 5.30 in the morning. And to be able to get to the station, ka 5.30, I had to start walking from home, ka 5. And to be able to live at home, ka 5, I had to wake up, ka 4. <laughs> and, and then I'd get there and get on the train, get over, get a bus. You pray the train is on time. Get a bus that goes to Runback, and I would kind of at least 
Gitteuchek at the Randberg Magistrate Courts and walk to Rema. And because I'd started early, I'd always be there early. I'd be there 7.30, so it used to take me about two hours to get there. Or sometimes, of course, towards 8 o'clock, but they, we used to start work at 8.30. And I used that time to study and read and pray and make confessions and talk about my life. Not about my life in that sense, but speak God's word over my life because here I am. I don't have, I'm, I'm attending church. I have a vision, I have a dream, but I don't know how things are going to work out. And it was required of us to start attending Rhema as the staff. And this is where I went to my late pastor, Hursamim Tembi, to apologize because then I stopped attending AFM without explaining. I just disappeared and started attending Rhema. And years later, I noticed I should have informed him properly, and I went back to Hulukisa and to ask for an apology for having left like that. But then I started attending at Rhema and going there on Sundays. And the department I was serving, the mailing room wasn't a glorious job. I had to deal with the mail of the entire church. They had many departments, and church, Rema at the time was the sole distributor of the books, uh, Sir Harrison House. And the preachers who were the main preachers in the charismatic movement printed their books with Harrison House. So we distributed books throughout the continent and even to Australia. And then we used to use posts. So I had to pack the books, pack them properly, and post them to the different venues. I used to deal with hundreds of books every day. Not only did I deal with the books, they were also the only people who had the cassettes, the video cassettes of Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, all the popular speakers in the charismatic movement, and they had like a rent a club, rent a video club. So I had to send these materials. Not only that, they used to have special study booker, and I'd have to go and take them, the, 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 send the merchandise, Yakorema, Kai Kai. Not only that, all the male Yakereke for television, for the uh, outreach departments came to my, it was a lot of work. And you know what? Because of the teachings of my dad, because of the teachings of my mom, and everything I'd seen, I tried my best to be faithful. Did my best. Such that when I left that job, they hired four people. But I didn't know that it needed so many people. But I worked well. I'm coming to a point and I'm coming to a close. And they used to have services on Wednesdays at Rema at the time. And they always used to give their guest speakers beautiful Persian carpets. Beautiful. But these carpets didn't come in a box. So they'd bring them to me in the mailing room to, to find a way I could make a box. So I was very creative. I used to took many, take many boxes and make a big box out of them. I was very creative. And I'd take a long time. I mean, to do that used to take me like an hour. And I took real pride in that. I didn't know because I couldn't attend the Wednesday service that every time they presented these carpets to the guest speakers, when they cut the box to open it, the, com the congregation would complain. Like, They would go, ha. I didn't know. Because somehow they felt, who made this box? That's what they were asking. So beautiful, they didn't want the box to be cut. And that is how Pastor Lindy McCauley, 
made an inquiry to say, who's making these boxes? But it's that guy in the mailing room, Musa Sono. And one day I'm working at Rema, and I see the first lady standing there. You know how it is, eh? I mean, you're working the lowest job, and you see the most senior person standing there, and I'm thinking, mm, I'm going to lose my job today. So I'm looking at her, and she says, no, 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 don't worry. Musa, is it, uh, are you Musa, sir? Mm, you know where you're kind of, kind of <laughs> And she said, is it you who makes those boxes? <laughs> and she says, oh, the boxes are beautiful. <sighs> she says, how do you make them? So I, I got then to tell her, and then she's the one who talked to Pastor Ray about me. And told Pastor Ray about me. In the meantime, Rema was having a branch of Rema here in Mavis Hall, Mosoweto, led by a white pastor by the name of Andre Cloutier. The church has started growing and they needed somebody to become an associate pastor who was from Soweto, who understands the culture and the history. And guess who they came to? The guy of the box. Listen, Basalot, let me close. I tell people how I got to be pastor of this church. It wasn't through a prophecy. It wasn't through spiritual warfare. It was through the mundane thing called a box. How many people, when they're handling boxes, they are not faithful? How many people, when they're handling boxes, they don't realize that God is still in charge of their lives? How many people, when they're handling boxes, they don't give their best and give their all to it? And how many people don't realize that it's in making the box that God trains a preacher out of a box. And so whatever job you're doing, no matter how mundane it is, maybe the lowest job where you are, do it with all your might. And do it as unto the Lord because he that is faithful in little, God will make them ruler over much. And so when Pastor Ray said, would you like to go and be an assistant? Pastor said, please, Pastor Ray. He said, we will pay you the same amount of money we were paying you for here. I said, oh, yeah. Then he said, you need to have someone come with you. I said, my friend, Jerry Chela, please, he can come with me. And so we started serving at Rema Soweto, which is the source of this church, where it comes from, Mavis Hall. Give the Lord a big hand. Give the Lord a big hand. Give the Lord a big hand. And then it was at that same church when I was serving that, that ballroom lady. One day after the service, I saw her. Years ago, I was taught ballroom. Nothing happened in my heart. Mara, this time. Your life is in the hands of God. Through all the twists and the turns, God knows how to shape and bring divine coincidences.
It's a sad thing when you live life as though you are in charge of your life. It's a sad thing when we don't realize. And you know what I find strange? It's not in the miraculous, spectacular that God works. It's in the everyday, usual, normal, non-miraculous things where God works. So wherever you are in your life, be faithful, follow God, and know that God is in charge of your life. Yeah. I hope that in listening to this story, some of you could reflect on your story. And maybe you could be able to see where God was involved. When we thought it was luck, when we thought it was coincidence, when we thought we were very clever, when we thought we had the wits to do so, it was our good planning. And yet God was involved somewhere in the background. And that, what God has done, Jesus says, go and tell others the good things that God has done for you. And the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not the things that he has done. And as I conclude now, I want to challenge you to always realize God is in charge of your life, no matter how difficult things are in your life. No matter how difficult the seasons. There are seasons where it looks like God is nowhere. Looks like God is not listening to you. It looks like God is not aware of what you're going through. But your life is in the hands of God. And he weaves and interweaves through your life. And he shapes and he molds. And he brings people along your path. People who impact your life in ways that you may not realize. But I pray to God that one day you'll also be able to tell your own story. And to reflect and look back and say, if it was not for the Lord, I wouldn't be here today. And so, Father, today we want to thank you. We want to give you all the praise. Hallelujah. We bless you because no one can do the things that you do. We bless your name. Oh, God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed all over the place. I want to ask you, maybe you, you've been walking far from God. Maybe you've gotten discouraged in your walk with God and no longer following Christ in your life. Maybe because of things that have happened in your life, you've gotten to that place where you've just given up on it. But as you listen today, you realize that God is aware of you. And God keeps track of your life. And God is molding and shaping things to try and bring you to a certain destiny. You are here today. You've been listening to the preaching. When you look at your life, your life is not where God wants it to be. Christ is not the center of your life. You're living far from God. Even though you love church and even though you Love everything that has happened, but in your heart of hearts, you're really not committed to Christ. You haven't given Christ the entirety of your life. And today, you say, you know what? I want to give God all of my life. I want to put my life 
in the hands of God because God knows better. And I need prayer. I want to invite Jesus Christ to come into my life and be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I want to make a special appeal as well to young people. The story you've heard started at the age of six. No matter how young you are, God is in charge of your life. You may not be coming from a home where you are encouraged like some of us were. You may not have positive role modeling like some of us have been fortunate to have. But God is aware of you. And many times when God starts speaking to your heart, young person, follow the leading of God. Follow the path of God. Follow the path of righteousness. You may not know all, all there is right now, but I can guarantee you there will come a point in your life where you will look back and you'll be grateful of what God has done. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, even in all the churches that are streaming. Please bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here and you say, you know what? I want to invite Christ in my life to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I want to give all my life to God. I don't want to hold back. I need prayer to invite Christ in my life. Would you please pray for me? If that is you, like I was given an opportunity way back in 1978 to raise my hand. I want to give you the same opportunity to raise your hand today and let this be the beginning of a life in the hands of God. If you say, Bishop, I need prayer. My life is not where God wants it to be. I want God to change my life. I want Christ to come into my heart. I really need prayer. Please pray for me. Would you just raise your hand right where you are sitting? Just raise it high. Let me see it. Raise it way high. No shame. No shame. No regret. Don't need to hide. We're not hiding. God, we need you. God, we need you. Those of you who raised your hands, even in all the other churches that are streaming, please raise your hands. I ask you please to stand on your feet right where you are. Just stand on your feet. Stand on your feet, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Take that step. Let this be the beginning. 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 Even in the foyer, stand on your feet. Those who are watching, stand on your feet all over the place. Hallelujah. This is the time for life change. This is a time for transformation. This is a time for your life to go in a different direction. Don't remain seated. Don't stay in your seat. God wants to do something in your life. Stand on your feet and join all these people as we pray for them. I want to ask all of you, all of you who are standing, can you make your way to the front? I want to pray for you here. Take all your belongings. Don't leave anything behind, please. 